Well, all right. Welcome to the Salty Dogs Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jason V, and we got KCT in the place to be. Yeah. <laughs> you doing well? Donuts, check. Coffee, Coffee. check. Check. Brains. I don't know. I think I left those at home this morning. <laughs> Sleep minimal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sleep deprived for sure. We, we made the uh, the grueling 30-minute drive from Wichita, oh, Kansas to, to El Dorado, pilgrim- Kansas. Yeah. The pilgrimage. It, it was Casey slept. I did. <laughs> he did. I had to contemplate deep things alone. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here in uh, El Dorado, Kansas with Mr. Pastor, Leader, Teacher, Prayer, Stirrer, Upper, Bishop, Sam McVeigh Jr. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of titles. <laughs> well, I, I had to just describe all of the things that I've seen you do hmm. in one sentence, but what we want to do is welcome you. To the podcast, thank you for taking your time. It's great to be here with you guys. Yeah, we we love this guy, man. I can't speak highly enough of Sam. Mm. I, you know, I think what really I want to use the phrase attracts me to Sam. Whoa, I know it's kind of an interesting phrase to use. Are you uncomfortable? Liberal of you, bro. (laughs) I want to move over here a little bit. If if you've never listened to uh, to Sam McVeigh teach on the grace giftings. Um, I think maybe you're kind of saying something new about yourself concerning those, but I know that you're strong teacher, strong leader, mm. and I know that I fall into that vein, and so mm. there's kind of this, I need to be around that guy kind, kind of, of thing. affinity. Yeah. We're flocking together. Yeah. Sure. So uh, tell us real quick, I know you try and do this often because you do so much, and it's hard to describe, but I think you get better at it every time, so I want to give you that opportunity. Tell, me, tell you a little bit who I am. Who you are and what you do and what yeah. you're about. Well, first, I'm married to Amy, and um, we've got nine kids and ten grandkids and live in El Dorado. And um, we've got, let's see, how do I describe it? I'm leading a bit of a mission team that's called Disciple Nations. We've got some people that are on the team in race support and are part of that, and we kind of minister here locally and a little bit regionally and work in some nations like North Korea and the Middle East and North Africa, which is kind of fun. And so try to get to the least and last reached places uh, with the gospel. And um, I don't know, we've got, what, about six or so fellowships that are kind of in our in fellowship with us and doing house churches, love prayer. And uh, so in a nutshell, basically we're a family that's committed to spreading the supremacy of Jesus through all the nations by igniting movements of disciple-making and prayer. Hmm. And we like those things. So I'm a two-note song. I like those things. <laughs> Disciple-making and prayer. Yeah. I have to tell you, the other day we were driving down the street and, you know, with his <laughs> – I, I kid, I joke, but for real, though, uh, passing by a church and they have these these four huge banners hanging from their windows and it's like connect, revive, you know, send and – whatever, you know, one, two, three, four. And I looked over to my wife and I said, all these churches, they've got all these like, you know, one, we've got these values and they push those, like, here's who we are. And I said, we need to make four banners and put them outside that say, make disciples, make disciples, make disciples, (laughs) make disciples, just all four of them. Like, here's, here's who we are and here, what, here's what we want to do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate their hearts and their trying and attempting and, Mm -hmm. but I, um, yeah, it's such a highly relational process for us. And so, yeah, it's good. Well, um, past couple of episodes, we have been touching on the topic of holiness mm. and um, really good stuff. Kind of, uh, I feel like a good topic to flow into after the holiness piece is kingdom and kingdom living. 
And so um, we want to just dive into that. And so I'm just going to ask you a few things to get Sounds this thing great. cracking. So love it. Um, I, I really believe holiness feeds into kingdom living. And so we'll, we'll kind of, we'll get to that here in a moment, but um, how would you define the kingdom of God? So Jesus, the disciples say, teach us to pray. So he prays a prayer and like right in the middle of that prayer, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's in that moment in his prayer, coming into agreement with the Father's will and His kingdom coming. So, obviously, the world in which He existed is not, you know, what is the end result of, of everything. The, the earth that we see, the governments, the entities, the, it's the not, structures. It's not the true reality. It's not the true reality. And, and Casey likes to use this phrase often, but he says, it's all coming down, bro. <laughs> it's all coming down. So... How can you best explain to us what Jesus was talking about when he said that kingdom? What is that kingdom? That's a great question. One of my favorite subjects, uh, Jesus' first and central subjects of the kingdom of God. And so the word is is basileia in the Greek, and it means the dynamic rule of God, or really the, the right to rule. And so it's really about that authority to manifest uh, sovereign authority. And so when he came, he was declaring the kingdom of heaven, that there was a rule that was manifesting on planet earth from another place called heaven. And so um, there's rebellion that is uh, satiated, has filled the whole uh, earth, and um, that started with really the enemy. And so there's a kingdom conflict that is probably the key identifier of this age. You know, the scriptures talk about ages to come, and I think there was ages before, and uh, we're in an age of war, an age that's identified by a kingdom conflict that was initiated by a rebellion. Not the rebellion of man first, but the rebellion of Satan. Mm. Casey, are you experiencing kingdom conflict within your own mind, will, and emotions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we all are, don't you think? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So... A new rule to come. Yes. On earth. Yes. Yeah. Which he's all about. Adam and Eve were to spread that. Genesis 128. I mean, when the first words from the mouth of God to the ears of man, hey, image bearer, I want you to be, I bless you, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. That word is mm-hmm. uh, to, to conquer and have dominion. Obviously, they didn't do that with a talking snake um, a couple chapters later. But uh, that that rule was happening. They were supposed to spread that rule. So, I mean, really identified with what we are on the planet. We're made to participate with him in bringing that rule. And the end game of this is there'll be a new heaven, a new earth, where the kingdom fills it, and his kingdom crushes all other kingdoms. Amen. Amen. Crushes, yeah, like Daniel, like in Daniel when it's when he's has the visions of the of the kingdoms, but he says that final one is just gonna. That's right. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Daniel chapter two is one of my favorites. Like the the small stone. They see the statue with all the layers. He sees a small stone that turns into a large mountain, mm-hmm. and it fills the whole earth. And that's there, there's tons of prophetic metaphors where his uh, kingdom is gonna reign over everything. Yeah, it, it's it was just kind of interesting because like earlier this week, I just opened up. And I knew we were going to talk about kingdom, and mm. I opened right up to Daniel. So, uh, but I was just contemplating that. But yeah, the 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 final kingdom, man. I I I love that, and I love 
just the dominance that it is that it that he ta- God always establishes his dominance. He's mm-hmm. just like, oh yes. no, no, I'm God, you know. And so I love I love talking about that. But. Yeah, he's large and in charge and has a God complex. Sure, so, he's yeah. pretty what, large. What I find interesting, <laughs> absolutely. What I find interesting, even just about the word kingdom, like so everything that we that we ingest as far as scripture's concerned and i mean we ingest that through the lens and the filter of western culture right and our worldview growing up in a certain time in a certain place right. city state i mean my my worldview and my understanding of how things are and even my certain understanding of uh, of words are very different in Texas than they would be in, say, like Maine or New York. Right. Right. So regionally, things shift um, based on you know culture and context. I think we've missed a very foundational understanding of a kingdom because we live in a democracy. Right. And yeah. so we think we have choice and influence. In the way God's kingdom is supposed to work. Yes. But he's the only wise king. That's right. And that's foundational for kingdom understanding is that there is somebody who is large and in charge, but is worthy Mm -hmm. to be submitted to and to follow as a, a loyal servant but also as a son. Yeah, he's. it's a theocracy. A theocracy, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a democracy where mm-hmm. we're all kind of having our opinions. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he rules and reigns, and he's going to rule and reign, and, and that's what's best for us. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a good king. We, I mean, there's nothing, there's no fault in him right. concerning his dealings with his people. That the creator would exercise lordship is a life-giving, joy-filling, peace-filled. The, the only reason we struggle with lordship is because of the rebellion inside us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so oftentimes we want to have a say in the declarations of the king. Yes. Right? Right. He has declared. Right. It is written. It has been spoken. Um However, there's there's massive rebellion against. Well, what do you mean? You know, can't two people just love each other? X Y Z. You know, on and on and on. And so we see this mass rebellion against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what we call Genesis three is the first declaration of independence, mm. and we were supposed to declare perpetually a declaration of dependence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. it's rebellion starts there. Sure. It's kind of that, um, your dad was talking about this, Casey. Mike was saying the upside down kingdom, that all the principles and all of the dealings with people are, are upside down. Well, you know, if if another man strikes you, we'll turn the other cheek, mm. right? But we innately desire to um, put vengeance and justice into our own hands and take action. And so in every situation, well, if your enemy... You know, does bad things to you. Well, you bless them, don't curse them. Mm-hmm. And so it's this upside down right. kingdom. It's pretty interesting mm-hmm. to consider that we don't we don't innately have the desire within us to to submit to kingdom principles. Right, and it's a spiritual kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
And he's constantly, Jesus is confronting, he's bringing authority and power. So he's casting out demons, he's healing the sick. He's, he's breaking everything that's part of the curse. I mean, his whole ministry is a proclamation or a demonstration of the kingdom. He's, he's doing one of two things. He's proclaiming the kingdom or he's demonstrating it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's bringing the rule that is happening outward in their bodies and around them in their cities, but wanting to get inside them so that he can set them free from their inward rebellion and bring his kingdom there. And so he'll set that DNA of seek first the my kingdom, kingdom. my dynamic That's rule, and my righteousness, and then everything will be added unto you. Hmm. That reminds me of the scripture that says, the king, he, I can't remember the context of the scripture, but I think he's talking to the Pharisees, and he says, the kingdom of God is among you or within you. Yes. Already. That's right. Right? Yes. Well, they thought their central problem were the Romans, He's like, that's not your main problem, mm-hmm. is a bad government. You've got an enemy inside, mm. sin, rebellion, and it's in league with an enemy. Hear that, fellow citizens of the United States of America. Mm. Yeah. Your problem is not with a government entity. Yeah, it's disheartening when you see the church put hope in a political party yeah. or a man. Yeah. We missed it, it again. It I mean, even the Jews wanted Jesus to come as a militant that's right. Political leader to overthrow their oppression from a governmental system. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in, you know, how do we grow in, you know, um, letting that those kingdom principles come through us? How do we access that kingdom? Because, you know, a lot of a lot of the things that I talked or the things I like to think about or, or ask questions about is because I don't see the church really doing what it was doing in mm-hmm. in scripture and where they were living out kingdom principles and everything was you know on fire and exploding and things like that and I don't think God stops doing those kind of things mm-hmm. I just kind of think that we fall away from understanding or we f- make it our own or whatever you know and then and then claim it as God sometimes and and it's not so I'm I'm really wanting to know well how how can we bring these principles like jesus did you know Mm -hmm. and and bring them to you know and let it come through us in a natural way you know without trying so hard i guess i don't know like that's a great question i you know i think it's uh important to start with i'm not born physically or as a human into the kingdom i'm outside the kingdom from the get-go right (laughs) Because I'm born in Adam. So then Jesus will say, if you want to enter to Nicodemus in John 3, I mean, the first dynamic is you've got to be born supernaturally and spiritually into this kingdom. Mm. That's a living, dynamic thing. Secondly, I love how he'll talk about the kingdom and the parables as though, you know, he used the word, the word is a seed and it's dynamically growing. Mm. This kingdom is not waiting on you and I to try to jazz it up Mm. and strengthen it up. It's got dynamic power within it. And so, to me, that's a really a key difference between what is grace living and dynamic where it's working and producing in me and me trying to mimic it. Because mm. Jesus never came to start a religion, like we agree. Right. Right. He came to bring the kingdom. Right. And it's dynamically producing for the citizens of the kingdom. And we made it religion. Yeah. Like we By, everything. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's always us that takes it from what it was supposed to be and turns it into something else. But anyway. Yeah, it's that Babylonian thing where you see something and we're going to build something. And I think sometimes that can happen in sincerity, but sincerity never makes that happen, never proves that it's pure. So uh, 
you know, you you said the question. This what got me. How do we live these kingdom principles? How does mm-hmm. the church? And I think it's uh, the the issue of sonship, and that the Holy Spirit, that God Himself, is the one bringing His kingdom, working His kingdom out in me. I think it's easier than harder, and it comes to a bunch of unqualified people. In the Book of Acts, as an exploding people movement, mm-hmm. though the kingdom is manifesting from a different realm, and. Um, and, and I, anyway, so I just I think we need to learn how to receive more, and let that work through us than trying to effort more would, and mimic. Would you say just kind of receiving in a place of gratitude where you're at and accepting what he's doing, yes. rather, rather than trying so hard to? I just because I, we were talking about this last time too, and you know I'm trying to be more grateful in my life for just where I'm at and stop trying to mm. strive so hard for. You know, because I think just the striving produces a law-based mentality. You know what I mean? And so, how do we just like relax and take a couple breaths? You know what I mean? And say, you know, okay, well, I'm here, and it's okay that where I'm at, and God is doing what He's doing. You know, um, that's a that's a great question. I, I, I just a quick interjection there. I think that, and you guys may have used this phrase before, but being pos- positionally based instead of performance based, yeah, oh, like is that. the gig. You know, that I'm in a kingdom that's actually producing and has all the power I need. Mm-hmm. He's not looking for my help. <laughs> and so the performance-based stuff is I'm still trying to earn the love, earn the power. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's so tough. We're yeah. inclined. And I, I mean, it's – I can't remember the name of this guy. And I can't remember the name of the book specifically, but it was something along the lines of preaching the gospel to yourself like daily, like mm-hmm. daily – gospel, you know, something for self, and continually having to remind yourself of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's it's a gift, it's by faith, it's not by works, so that no man can boast, right? You're, Jesus did for you what you could not do for yourself. I mean, we all know the gospel, yep. but as quick as we hear the word that has set us free, yep. we run back to... Well, I need to fix this in myself, yes. so that I can feel feel like worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I struggled with that for a long time, and I still remember one Sunday night at the source, um, and I gave this, uh, I just gave this quick word that the Lord had been giving to me about. There is no future version of myself that is more worthy of the love of God, mm-hmm. right? Because we create. This perfect person, right? In my mind, I've I've crafted this Jason Angel Villanueva who does X, Y, and Z, who, you know, reads his Bible and prays and leads his family and does all these things, all these things I desire, and I know that the Lord desires for me, but I see that future person that I've created, and then I look at myself now, and I see the gap, mm. and then there's nothing but guilt and shame that fills that gap. Right. And so I've, I have to continually hear that message that there's no future version, mm. right? It's me here now mm. in Jesus Christ that is worthy and acceptable, and so I don't have to work for, you know, for daddy to say, you know, I love you. Yeah. Right. However, on the flip side, there will be a day where, where Jesus says, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Right. But I believe that that obedience and that 
heart of service is birthed out of deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And dependence like we did on the beginning. Mm-hmm. Philippians 1.6 says, as you came to know him as Lord, so continue in him. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty important principle because we came desperate, we came needing, we came receiving, we came bankrupt. And there's a little bit of a reality of that continuing because we do want to take it up and work. I mean, at the headwaters of the fall of Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve in this troubled thing that started was, I mean, they didn't immediately just go on a rampage of sin. I mean, the, after they fall, they do a religious thing. Mm-hmm. They make the fig leaves. Mm-hmm. I got to take care of this shame of mine, mm-hmm. and it won't do. It won't do. So at the end of the chapter, remember the Lord, he changes their clothes and says, I'm going to put animal skins on you. Right. I'll provide the covering, which is blood. Over you, but right at the beginning, we just have this need to fix ourselves. To, yeah, cover it up. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, right there. Yeah. The, right there in the beginning. I mean, shame. I think shame is mm-hmm. something that is detrimental to you know when we like when we mess up and stuff like that. We think, okay, well now I have to do even better, and then it, I think it just it propels itself in this state of you know, well, I've got to make up. What you just said, you know, make up for what I just did, you know, and I, I, yeah. Sam, you, it may have been one of your sermons or it may have been a primer, as you guys like to call it. I love all that terminology you guys use. You got primers, you've got words, you've got... Lab time. Lab time. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. Um, So you had talked about, and and it really touched me, you talked about running... You said something like, as you sin, just right after you sin, you said either run dirty or run guilty. Do you remember this? Yeah, we, we encourage you to run to the Lord dirty. Don't stop running away from him. He's, he's not shocked by your sin. We, we're constantly <laughs> trying to put ourselves in time out for, to wait till he's in the mood or we feel like we can receive his kindness. And he's like, run immediately to me. Yeah, and you said, don't like try and run and clean yourself off and then come to the Lord, you know. I'm guilty. Well, let me pray some, let me read my Bible some, and then let me have conversation with exactly. God so that I can feel like I've done what I need to do to come. And Then I'm immediately in new covenant, quote, unquote, works. <laughs> trying to get him to like me again. He's like, what are you doing? I love you. I'm with you. I get it that you're, if I loved you when you were a sinner away from me, how much more? Yeah. That you're a son who's struggling. Sure. I'm all in on this deal. So this, this actually does feed into <clears throat> kingdom living because in order to achieve kingdom living, there has to be complete and total dependence on the king for all things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the pro- probably the, well, this is the biggest struggle in our faith and with everything that we're a part of concerning the kingdom is that we continually rely on self time and time again. Which is, there's a satanic kingdom, but this self-soul kingdom, that's what I always say the biggest S word we struggle with is more than sin, Satan, and sickness. It's self. Mm-hmm. It was a temptation unto a self-worship is what the enemy was saying. Hey, he's keeping back from you. <laughs> so we're addicted to that and getting set free. So the call to discipleship is really connected to the kingdom. If you, it's a call of liberation. If you want to follow me and be with me, you must deny your self. self take up a cross and come after me. That's not like, hey, let me make it hard. It's like there's no way to even begin this journey. Yeah. Until wow. you make a break with that kingdom. And you know, my my passion here lately is identity mm-hmm. for believers. And 
obviously, you know, this is something that I struggled with in the past. I was, my identity was, uh, it was caught up in my ministry and my title and my works and my doings. And I say this all the time. It was so easy to fall back on my works and say, well, I'm doing all of this for the Lord. But I knew deep down inside I was, I had broken relationship. Um, And so I wasn't living out of identity. It was really, you know, it was as if I was the prodigal son and I ran back and said, make me a servant. And he's like, you know, no, you're a son. But I'm like, no, but put me in the field. Mm. (laughs) No, really. I want to pull the plow, dad. He's like, no, let's have a meal together. Let's celebrate. Let's reinstill authority and identity as a son. And, you know, I just, I missed it so often. And so I just think that we miss on a foundational level when people are converted to Christianity, a solid foundational teaching on a break with the old I mean, you know, Paul, he he hits on it all the time with, you know, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, it's it's such a, a freeing understanding of who you are in Christ and that there is the break with the kingdom. And so I think that the biggest thing that I struggle with still on a personal level is the constant peeling away of of old from new. And right. so the Lord is always wooing me. I mean, he does. He loves us. He's a, a lover. Mm-hmm. He woos us with his goodness and his kindness mm-hmm. and his mercy and his love. And so he's wooing us away from all of the things that are distractions. And, you know, I've got certain things that I that I do in my life on a, on a daily basis, certain things that I'm a part of, organizations and, you know, things happening in the city and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I feel the Lord wooing me away from that. And, it, and it's the it's the continual call to split from that. Yes. And I understand that positionally I have been set apart. That's what we talked about with holiness. But, you know, how do we continue, to bring you back to a question, how do we continue in kingdom living and separation from old self and old habits and worldly ways. Here's a phrase, a theme I think so essential is this issue of source. You ought to think about that as a name of a ministry. But um, We had that conversation. (laughs) It is a source issue. The temptation to the first Adam, it's source. He doesn't really tempt them, let's do a bad thing. It's let's go source from that tree. You know, in a garden of delight and there in innocence, but it was for the creature, it's always about source. We're, we're obsessed with working on the fruit. And really, it's the issue of the root that is always the fundamental thing. This is not a, a chicken and egg, which came first. We know what comes first is the issue of where are you rooted. And so the temptation of the enemy is to get us resourced, a different source which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. To Jesus in the, in, the, in the desert starving to death, it's about food. You know, It's about food again, about eating. And so turn these stones into bread. And so the enemy's constant assault on us, I think, is not just let's be prideful, let's be lustful, let's lie. Let's ju-. That's, that's the fruit that comes from him 
coming and saying, let's root from somewhere else. Let's root by what we want, what we need, what we think we can do. Shoot, he'll act like an angel of light, like a counterfeit Holy Spirit, like he's on our side. Let's try harder. Mm-hmm. Let's read more Bible. Let's pray more. Let's. Yeah. And you think that's the Lord. It's like, no, he's, you know what I mean? It's the enemy trying to tempt you to source from somewhere else and the source will make the fruit. You all right over there, Casey? Yeah, I'm tripping. <laughs> it's a big deal because I think we think well, that the battle's about doing bad stuff, and it's not. It's about where we source. That'll take care of itself. The bad or good, the fruit. The, it's fruits the of the spirit. Bad and good is fruit. The root is more, yeah. Yeah. Dang. And the battle most of the time is about that, not. And so we get tempted out trying to polish it up and clean it, and mm-hmm. make that apple not rotten. And he's like, "Stop! Get get down here." Let's get you flowing, and then stuff will take care of itself. That was good. Mm. It's always to, good from I, I Senior need, Sam. I need, I need to write that down. <laughs> it is written down. It's called the Bible. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. For, for it is written. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for, it, for it is recorded on the Salty yeah, Bugs right. podcast as well. <laughs> that's, <funny. laughs> that's good. So how do you, Sam, then mm. you, you're, uh, you're a leader of leaders. You're a teacher of leaders. You are a organizer and a uniter of the body of Christ, and so essentially, what when I when I think of um, the kingdom and unity and the church and and mission and all of that, um, and I see you doing what you're doing with prayer and um, equipping and these kinds of things, I really think you're flowing in a um, and helping people to live live out the kingdom, you. I mean, you are. You talk a lot about kingdom order. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit about, you know, what you can tell us about kingdom order. Wow, what a that's a deep question. So, kingdom order. You know, Paul will. Paul says in First Corinthians eleven, he says, "When I come to a church that's messed up, mm-hmm. I'll set things in order," and. Um, it says in First Corinthians 14, may all things be done decently and in order. In a religious spirit, that means let's control everything that's happening. That's not what he means. Uh, I think it, what he means is, is Isaiah 9, of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. God's kingdom has glory, which is outreign, manifesting virtue. Um, it's love, it's peace, it's healing, it's eternal life. There's, that's the glory of the kingdom. But in the kingdom, there's also government. And that is the the reigning, ruling authority issues of the kingdom. And so um, order, uh, that he orders the body. Uh, you're, a, you're a hand, you're a foot, you're an eye. Uh, we're so out of order because we, co- yeah. we carbon copy what a believer is when there's glorious, you know, unique kind of dynamics, and those are supposed to be connected. I don't need my arm connected down to my hip. It's mm-hmm. got to be in the right place, ordered right. Yeah, and do you think that, well, I've said this before that, Oftentimes, especially in church planting, mm-hmm. you know, wet behind the ears, giddy and excited, you know, here I am, we're going to do this thing, passion, vision, none of that's wrong. Nope. But you get into this place to where you start to, you want to build this thing so bad that anybody who's willing and available is immediately qualified for any position that you have open that needs to be filled. And so in essence, you've got a uh, 
a distorted, contorted body when you start asking shoulders to be knees and elbows to be ankles and feet to be hands. Yes. Because you've got people all over the place just because they're willing and available rather than them understanding their identity and their gifting and their place and their role and their call in the body. Yes. And so you've shifted things and you've got this really disabled body trying to grow and move That's been put together by our sincere convictions to accomplish something for God, largely using systems borrowed from the business world and governments around us instead of (laughs) a root issue. So just, I was going to say this earlier. I think it's important. What's true for the individual man is true for the corporate man. So we can sit here and bang on religion and Christianity, but religion and Christianity and all this stuff is really just the manifestation of our individual problem, but we all get together and get this problem working like an individual struggles with works to earn God's love. So, so are churches and they want to accomplish stuff for them. And that is what becomes religion. It's this Babylonian thing. So we lose the, 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 the amazing glorious dynamic of we're going to get positioned in Jesus, worship Jesus, get filled with Jesus together. Holy spirit. Now you're going to manifest and we're going to see what you produce here as you build the kingdom. Uh, you hear me say this all the time. I, I'm passionate about this. Um, it's one of the clear things that ruined my life as a young church planner is Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus said, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I, and I can't find another verse, and I've read it hundreds of times, New Testament, where he ever said, and I'd like you to help me. Mm-hmm. There's never an invitation, not even to plant a church. That, that phrase, there's never Tell a me call. how you feel about it. <laughs> I feel some passion because this ruined me as a church planner. I thought I was planting the most biblical churches and judging everybody, which I'm very good at. And um, I was like, oh my, you know, what's happening here is I'm doing the same thing. I'm, I'm building church instead of making disciples, getting people positioned in Christ and then let the, Jesus build the church. And so I'm a, I, I love this process. And I think that's the revolution that's going on as it relates to order is I'm first, even when I'm discipling other pastors in the city, which is kind of increasing, I'm I'm trying to get those guys positioned in Christ, not just have a good quiet time. I want them free in this root fruit kind of issue because they're going to produce after their own kind. That's a law. Pastors produce after their own kind. Flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. It's a law. And so as an example, you get a guy who's leading a group that's a teacher. He wants everybody to be a teacher. You get a guy that's an evangelist. He wants He's a servant and he's social justice guy. Well, everybody, let's do this. He's And the, it's great that he's doing his thing. The problem is, is that there's a lot of variety out there in the body. Mm-hmm. And so we got to be open to how Jesus is building gifted people. So then tie that into Ephesians 4 for me. To some, he's given to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So for the building up of the body, for the work of the ministry, would you say that, um, I'm not saying that an apostle can't mentor or build up an evangelist, Everybody works together, but should apostles be grooming apostles and evangelists grooming evangelists? And yeah, the body is the one who does the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Everybody's called to missions in the ministry, but then there are some that activate the body. So I think that's what you're leading to. The evangelist we have thought does all the evangelism. That's the evangelist actually is to ignite the great evangelist, which is the body of Christ. The the shepherd, a pastor, really is not a guy who takes. How could a pastor take care of 100, 200, 2,000 people? 
He can't. He's to activate the shepherding dynamic within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? The apostle, if he's apostling, ignites a sending dynamic inside the body of Christ. They don't just do all the work. They ignite that in the body. That's huge. Hmm. I've been talking about APES for like three or four years now, and you just kind of opened my mind to some things. That's huge. Where do you fall? Because in, you're an equipper. Yeah. Then we call all what we do equipping ministries. Well, I don't have a church. How mm-hmm. could I? Ha- Jesus has a church. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 he's building, and I'm just working alongside him and equipping. So where do, who am I in those? That, that's uncomfortable for me. People call me things. Um, we think of those as verbs, not nouns, because of our uncomfortableness, probably over-exaggerated at times, I'll admit, with people using titles and the identity they find in that. So I, I tend to prophesy some, and I apostle here or there. I, I, I shepherd some, you know, and, I, and I'll let people identify more who I am, but I just want to activate and equip the body in their calling. Yeah, yeah. so when I title this podcast, it'll be <clears throat> Salty Dogs Podcast Episode 4 with Bish, Bishoping Apostler. <laughs> Sam, if I could get my certificate too, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I'll write you a certif- certificate. Yeah, I got Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, look at that bad boy notarized today. <laughs> Kim's a, my wife is a notary. That's awesome. So wow. we'll stamp it and everything. There it is. Then How you can then you can be really then you can be really of use to the kingdom. Wow, thank because you we guys. know because we know that you're certified. Yes, that is very helpful. Thank you. <sighs> <laughs> you're dancing on lines, Casey. I know what am He's I line dancing. <laughs> I, I, do, I do dance on lines. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I've always believed in the same type of principle, which is the body's only as healthy as the individual. Yeah. Uh, in but then we Pastor Jeff was talking about well, yes, individual, but also in relationship, and so yeah. I was like, yeah, core. Yeah, yeah, of course, and so, but this in, this individual aspect of everybody, you know, I and what we were what we're trying to do is, I think we're just trying to roll out a whole bunch of Christians that look the same. They like, you know, they just come in the doors and then they go out the exit. They're all dressed the same, do the same, look the same. You know, we just got this mentality that everybody's the same, and I, you know, I don't think I think that everybody experiences God differently because God is that big, mm. you know, and because we are all biologically and molecularly different, uh, but we all have a facet of God inside of us mm. that not that nobody else has, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's a part of Himself that He's given to us, mm-hmm. right? And so the way that everybody experiences God is completely different. And so it would be wrong of me to say to you, well, this is how you experience God, or this is how God... I mean, you can see evidences of how He's manifested Himself and you know through Scripture and stuff, but I think that everybody's experience is different and that we, we, we kind of do a, a disservice to people when we, we, when we try to generalize God and try yeah. to make Him like this, this blanket, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when he's when he's much more than that, and and I think and I think people need to start understand. And when you're when you were teaching on the roles and stuff in our church, mm. and I recently fi- figured was prophesied into my life and my role, mm. you know, in 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 the kingdom. And so I, th- once you find your role, you know, you have a purpose and you have a reason for existence, and and it's very sacred, you know, and it's 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 very important, and even. In here, but then also your role that you have here in this world is your role in the kingdom as well, mm-hmm. you know, and and that that will carry over. I mean, because that's that's the true reality, and so we're just manifesting that role here on the earth, 
trying to build that kingdom, you know, and so, but yeah, I, I just, I feel really passionately about pe telling people that they need to, they need to seek, you know, their own personal experience with God and not try to make it what somebody else has. Cause right. I've been guilty of that. And Jason, Jason was telling a story oh, yeah. on the last podcast that he wanted to be like a pat. He said, well, if I can only be like that pastor, well, then I'll be useful to the kingdom, you know? And so I think we need to stop idolizing man or trying to have you know, because I've I've read I've read books by people like really gifted prophets and stuff. Like, man, I wish, I wish that I had that. Mm -hmm. But the the truth of the matter is that I have something that he doesn't have, yeah. and so that he he would want. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I I just I think it's important for people to understand that they that they have an, an individual mission and a and an accomplish that God wants to do and use use them. You know. Yeah. And sometimes the system that's trying to be sensory efficient to get the masses in and do, like I always say that the weakest thing I do is preaching a 30-minute sermon. Now, I think there's power in it and all that, but the issue of accountability and how do I follow up and what's, uh, you know, my most effective making disciples, you can't make disciples where from a pulpit. Even, yeah, where did we even start? Where did this even start? Oh, my. Like <laughs> pastors getting up and having a thirty-minute sermon yeah. or an hour-long sermon. Where did that even become the norm? Well, it's not in your New Testament. Oh, you really? Yeah, oh. shocker. Um, it, it it begins. It evolves. They, they already were, from my understanding, church history-wise, they were already struggling in the second generation with some thoughts of we can't have a church service without a bishop here, mm. which is problematic because we are the church, and that can happen anywhere. But then Constantine took that to a new level. Right. Yeah, so you had a priesthood that was already operating in pagan, whatever, and then we just he transferred it all over. Then you go into the a little bit of the Reformation. John Calvin possibly has created the service that we all have to this day, where everything's centered around the the sermon, a lecture, you know, and that becomes the center of Christianity. And we more and more separated between twenty four seven daily life in God to segmented spiritual and secular. God restore that to your body. Yes, seriously. I mean, and I think that that's the serious problem <clears throat> that people are experiencing with church not having power in their life. And I say church, what we what we deem as church or what we say is church, like the building and the gathering. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's I think that's the biggest problem is that we've done this and made it. Even saying "come to church" is heresy, you know. Or I think it's anyway. an, made it, <laughs> it sounds like it's heresy. Come to church. It's like I don't know how you come. How do you come to yourself? I we know. are the church, exactly. So that's a great, it's a great thing. And I think again, it's sincere, but it just misses the point and segments. You know, it's it's a it's a problematic manifestation that's Babylonian in its core. Um, meaning, let's gather, let's gather, let's make a name, and let's produce. It's a thing to we're going to produce. And so now when um, you say when you say Babylonian, yeah. you're referencing Tower of Babylon. Yeah, Genesis chapter eleven. So we got the dynamic, the call to go fill, which is really an apostolic sin missionary from Genesis one twenty eight. Multiply and be fruitful, but don't just sit here in this garden and have a bunch of babies and have a city. I want you to keep filling the whole earth. And we've got a little bit of so they see the plain of Shinar and go, hey, this is good. Let's stop here and build a city and make a name for ourselves and build a tower unto the heavens, which was religious. They were kind of being religious. Um, and it was all sincere, and the Lord looks at it and goes, that's problematic. <laughs> yeah, I got to invade, and that's the Tower of Babel, so Babylon, and that sure. becomes really the yeah. center of idolatry. But what, a, but what a great story to display the grace of God mm. that he intervenes. And that, I mean, that's the father we have. It's the, it's the king we serve, yeah. that when his people go astray, yes. he always intervenes to bring things back to order. 
Which is what I think he's doing right now with the the awakening that's happening and people are mm-hmm. starting to awake, especially in Western church. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause, yeah. And I, I, but I, I really do think that people are starting to wake up and that God is stirring and, and doing things that is going to be pretty sweet. It's amazing. It's pr- These are exciting times we're living in, boys. Yes, Casey. It's so, it. you know, Sam, the first time I ever, I think the first time I ever saw you, um, was somehow, some way or the other, we caught wind of citywide prayer gathering. And, you know, my wife and I, for two, maybe two years now, it was maybe two years ago that I was meeting with, uh, you know, Pastor Rob Dance, Restored Community Church, and Dion Gates, Mending Place at South City. And just sitting with those guys and talking about, you know, what's going on in the church, how you guys doing, like, you know, just chumming it up, I guess. And I just remember... I started to do what I called singing the song of unity. And with tears in my eyes, I looked at Pastor Dion in the face across from the table at um, at Dempsey's Burgers, and I said, you know, we've got to get over our logos. We've got to get over our websites. We've got to get over our, our church names. And I was like, we just need to unite. And I said, if I've got to be the first guy to lay that down, I will. And it it struck a chord in me, and I began to just tear up like – I mean, there's there's something deep within us that it seems like it's difficult to let go of to then step into a place of unity. You see what I mean? Yes. There's It's like it's in there. It's deep. And for me to say, well, if I have to give up leading the source, I think that, again, identity is so much tied into who we are and what we do and where we serve and where we go that the thought of letting some of that stuff go um, brings – Brings us to tears. Well, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? How will I be of use? You know, that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, but I remember um, singing this song of unity and just saying, we've got to unite. We've got we got to do something. Like, let's pray together. Let's worship. Let's, you know, do class. Whatever we need to do together, let's just do it together. And, you know, my wife and I kept getting vision about, you know, all the churches working together and ministry and just – you know, the, the city coming to life and being a city on a hill and, you know, the Lord starting revival here for people to see and say, man, the Lord's up to something that it would start here. And I remember going to that first prayer gathering and it was at uh, First Baptist mm-hmm. that's now City Life. Do you remember that one? Absolutely. Yeah. It was like the second or third one, yes. maybe? Yes. And you guys were just speaking our language. Mm. And I remember just looking at Kim thinking, we're home, like... These are the people we need to we need to get a hold of and get in touch with and and we need to be a part of this because God is stirring something. Yeah. And it was so crazy to hear the same verbiage and phrases and the same heart and vision coming forth and even on a on an identity level realizing that the Holy Spirit is in me. Yes. And he is speaking and I'm hearing him because I'm not the only one. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. We're you know, we're connected. And that's such a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. Well, in, ba- in, in the Tower of Babel story, there is a radical effort of unity. So to the point that the Lord says, if we, if we don't stop them now, nothing's going to stop them. You know, So he produced power. So he's into unity is my point. But it's unity around the right DNA. It's unity around the kingdom of God. You know, uh, I just want to make clear, I, I'm more concerned. I'm less concerned with the wineskins that are problematic the manifestations of our structures and stuff as I am about the wine. Do we have the real wine that's manifesting 
and is the right thing. I don't know if that makes sense. The DNA of the kingdom is what's essential. So I'm still, we'll meet in a building and give a 30-minute teaching, okay, that we were just doing. But for us, why I can do that is I'm not building indigenous allegiance to us. That's a big difference for me. Of, of, am I trying to build my thing? Uh, we, we'd have church planning discussions. How do we get people in the front door and how can we shut the back door? Because oh, yeah. they keep slipping out of here. Yeah, that's, that's that discussion. That discussion alone reveals <laughs> we want to sincerely do some stuff, but it's a funky thing when we think we got a hold in a holding tank, people. I think people should be on movement, should be in some kind of dynamic. We are like the wind. We're the children of God. Not uncommitted, but I'm not, I don't want to call people to my vision and my thing. I want to call them to be in Christ and in their purpose, dynamically moving by the Holy Spirit. And that means I will have gain and loss as it relates to sometimes their attendance. If it, yeah. Yeah, but they're doing, but the most important part is. They're doing what God's, where God's leading them Amen. to go. Amen. You know, and like the wind, I love that. You know, because yeah. it's true. That's how I feel about my life. I'm like, man, Rolling Stone gathers no moss, dude. I'll <laughs> drop it. You know, I'll drop it all. At, you know, I'll, I'll drop anything. Yeah. You know, and, and I have. You know, sold everything that I own and answered mm. where He wanted me to go. And I just think if people could get more of that, you know, yes. in their system, like, like, what Jesus confronted that man, you know, that rich young ruler, he's like, oh, you got to sell everything you own, you know, and he meant it. I don't think mm-hmm. that that was a, you know, some people placate or they try to say, oh, well, he didn't really, he was just testing his heart. No, Jesus was really telling that man that you have to be able to give up everything. Cast you down own. those idols. You have to, you have to do, you have to be, be willing to, now you can be a Christian, I guess, but to be a true a, a really sincere disciple, I think, is going to cost you everything. Absolutely, you know. And like I, in this in this verse in Matthew eleven uh, twelve, it says, "From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent men have subdued it." And I think about that, and I'm like, well, not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against the kingdom of God, right? So mm-hmm. I just have this vision of violent men. Well, what's he talking about? And to me, Jesus is saying right there, like. Willing to do anything to grasp mm-hmm. it, willing to do anything to get a hold of it, willing to go to any length, willing because to cost their life, you know, willing to go the extra mile, willing to lay it all down. Violent men subdue the kingdom of yes, God. Yes. Men who who run after it with everything they mm-hmm. have, you know, and and so I I just I think that we need to stop relying so much. This world, this I'm with you on the satanic system, man. Mm-hmm. I really am because the whole thing. Mm-hmm. This is whole thing is satanic, man. And it's just designed for one thing. And I said this last time, I'm going to keep saying it until it gets through people's heads. You know what I mean? That it's designed to keep us distracted from the re- the, the truth, right? And, and the real, the true reality, you know? And so we have to, I think it's some, sometimes in order to see things in a different light, we have to be willing and be able to, to draw, to, drop it all, you know, at whatever he calls, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, can we honestly look and say, can I say that in my life? Am I, if my, if he called me to go right now, could I do it? Yeah, I could. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jill, my wife would go with me, you know, and we're, we're in a position. I think that we have to start confronting these things. These are good questions to start asking ourselves. Am I able, you know, to, to do whatever is necessary whenever it's asked of me, you know? Yeah. I mean? yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned earlier the phrase kingdom conflict mm-hmm. and Casey, you said that this is a satanic system. And so it's interesting. Th- it's an interesting thing then to consider scripture saying that there is 
the god of the is it of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the air? The prince of the how's that phrase? The god of this age in one place, but uh-huh. there's the rulers in Ephesians four. There's rulers of the air and the different air. powers of yeah, yeah, rulers of this yeah, the air, of this and dark age, this dark age. Yes. So there's there is a satanic ruling and system here on earth now. Yeah. Our, or but our, then, our struggles against flesh and blood, but, yeah. but power, dominions, principalities, right. you know, organized principalities in in other dimensions. You yes. know what I mean? Like that's the, where the war is at. That's know? right. But then there's a but then there's a, a clashing of the kingdom of God with the kingdom of Satan here on earth. And something Jeff said was that it is our our responsibility and our mission as followers of Jesus then to usher in and administrate the kingdom of God onto earth mm. in this present dark age. Mm. Right? And that we're not going to heaven, but heaven is coming down. Absolutely. That's it's right. an interesting... Yeah, it is. And I, I think I, I just want to... With that and with Casey's, this is satanic passion for clarity. So the podcast is not over after the fourth one. Um, just identifying sat- satanic, it means adversarial. And it's an interesting, I think of the interaction with Peter. You're upon this rock, I'll build my church, your statement of faith. But then remember, get behind I got to die and I got to go to the cross. No, I'll body block. You're not going to do that. He says, get behind me, Satan, because you have in mind the things of man, not the things of God. Mm-hmm. And so satanic doesn't mean devil. <laughs> oh, kinda, no. It means adversarially against the purpose of what God's doing. I, mm-hmm. I meant red horned pitchfork. <laughs> Barbed tail, well, little man running around I, causing a ruckus. I don't know if you've ever read anything by Watchman Nee, but uh, one of my favorites, "Love Not This World." He talks about, um, I think it was, I think it was Watchman Nee, but he's talking about how just the web that that Satan had had weaved through, you know, the sciences and through music and through mm-hmm. culture and through uh, economics and through all these things that he just weaved a. A web, yeah. you know what I mean, of mm-hmm. that just ca- captures people, you know. Yeah, because he can't be everywhere at one time, and so he has to do things differently. He's really smart, you know, yeah. and so it's just like a web. And so I, when, once I read that, I was like, man, that makes yeah. And Jesus, so Jesus references yeah. that in the parable of the soils, mm-hmm. right? The thorns, the worries of this world, money yeah. and wealth, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. They're they're easy to get caught into so that the word is choked out and the word is unfruitful in our and lives. The scriptures will talk about there's an antichrist, which is a some kind of entity, and then there's an antichrist spirit. spirit yeah. mm-hmm. And that's what's infiltrated the leaven in the earth and in our hearts. And so there's this resistance rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. So to uh, to kind of mm-hmm. tie this thing up, um, here's how we like to end our podcast. <laughs> And it's always the answer. In the very beginning, you talked about that kingdom giving, kingdom living, is um, it's dependent upon source, mm. and that source is always, always, always Jesus Christ. Yes. And that so for kingdom living, as you were talking, your passion at your heart is not to disciple people to your church's systems or Christian culture, mm-hmm. but so to use the phrase, well, you know, that brother is having a hard time. We just need to get him to church. 
let me right. let me fix that statement for you. Mm-hmm. We need to get him to Christ, right? And that can happen outside of the walls of of a building. Absolutely. And, and so, so tie this up for us. Kingdom living depends upon and is accomplished through knowing the King. It's brilliant. The King. Why there is no I kingdom. Think of that? There's no dumb. There's no dumb without the king. The king, kingdom is the king's dominion. And so I, I don't have his dominion dynamically working. I mean, unless I'm in, I'm born into him, I'm in intimacy with him, I'm walking in him. And um, so I, I'm passionate about this issue of root and fruit and the issue of source because it, it is the core deal. So Jesus comes, he's, he's talking to them and the, he's constantly f- freaking them out. If you want to be... If you want to be in my kingdom, you must be born again. Well, Nicodemus, natural man. I can't get back in my mama's womb. No, you can't unless you want to be, you have life. You got to eat my flesh, drink my blood. Well, we can't eat, you know, so he's this spiritual kingdom and they're constantly drink the water from, give me living water to the woman. What? Where is this water? You know, and so he is constantly confronting the natural inclination of man to produce everything by sight. So good. Instead of a faith realm. So his kingdom operates in the faith realm by the word of the Lord supernaturally, which is how the universe is created and held together. And then this this realm we're in is kind of this constant focus by sight. We're addicted to sight living. And so um, and out of it flows not only evil, but it flows good. It's a I just want to make that point. It's the tree of the knowledge of good, good. and evil. It, it's not only the evil he has issue with, but the good that comes from individuals and corporate groups. The good, not God. Right. Yeah, that's flowing out. So I, I just love this discussion because, again, it's a kingdom conflict that's in this age. It's a kingdom conflict that we know will end in victory. You know, I, I try to tell people I'm I'm living for, praying for, and preaching for the global invasion of the earth by the God-man, Jesus Christ, where he gets his rightful inheritance, which is all the nations. That's a long vision statement. But really, it's a kingdom statement. I'm not in it to plant churches and to get— so even disciple nations, that's a means to the end. The end is getting the king back to get his, he's prayed in Psalms 2, the father said, ask me for the nations. And he has asked and he will get them and the earth will be his again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> Amen to that. So Sam, real quick, um, I just want to give a little bit of information about, yep. um, you know, where people can find resources that you've created and mm-hmm. things for disciple making and prayer. And you've got multiple websites, which is prayer.com. You've got new life equip. Yep. New dot- life equip would have the weekly teachings that are happening in some of our family. Um, disciple nations.net is the main hub core probably for our team and for we're trying to link stuff there. Yeah. Project 128. Great so site. This is project, the word one, the word, and then the number 28.com, which is from Genesis 128, is a resource of our booklets that might be helpful. They're online. You can order them for free. We're trying to help people with stuff like the grace gifts, spirit, soul, body, the kingdom of God. We've got that. We've got one booklet on the kingdom of God. This is it was the maybe first or second one we wrote. I probably should have read it before we had this. <laughs> oh, yeah, we wouldn't even even needed to do the podcast. We just I'd have just book. read the booklet yeah. through audio, and then we'd have been good. <laughs> um, so tell me then. So you guys. Have uh, New Life El Dorado that meets Sunday mornings. New Life Equip, we're in El Dorado on Sunday mornings. New Life Equip Wichita or is in is on Saturday nights in Wichita. 
Um, so where's that? What that's time? at 2903 East Central by Wesley over there, kind of on Central going yeah. west. Um, and it's at 530 on Saturday nights. And that's really our, probably our main Antioch, Antioch equipping. We really have a free flow. It's a Saturday night service, so there's mm-hmm. fun. But we got a lot of leaders that are leading other ministries, whether yeah. it's docs in Plainview that are making disciples doing house churches or, you know, it's guys that are going to preach the next morning in other churches, more traditional, uh, you know, building or house churches church is really not my main point. My main point is what we talked about today yeah, absolutely. in Christ, da, 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 and then I'll let the Lord figure all that out. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just want people to be aware of resources that are available yep. and, and gatherings of disciple-making, kingdom-living believers in Jesus Christ you, happening. You are, you are not alone out there, whoever you, you are. You are not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. I'm here with you. <laughs> so, Sam, thank you so much for being on. We love you, man. We just, we do. Well, I love you guys. I, you you speak the same insane language and it's awesome. That's it's sweet. great. So just a couple things. Uh, Salty Dogs Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Salty Dogs Cast. And check us out on soundcloud.com slash where well, you guys are here listening to it. We're also on iTunes. And I uh, want you guys to consider signing up for our emails so you can know what's happening, know what's coming down uh, the pike. Uh, new episodes coming up, guest speakers coming up, all that fun stuff. And so if you go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash saltydogscast, uh, you can sign up for our email there. And so thank you guys for listening. We'll hear from you again, or you'll hear from us again. Casey? I think, I think they'll hear from us again. They'll hear from us again. Yes. Yeah. You want You want to give your famous sign-off line? What's that? I don't know. Do you have one? <laughs> I didn't know. Was I supposed to make one? No. I've got one, and it doesn't make any sense for what we're talking about. What? And that, my friends, oh, don't do is it. the way the cookie crumbles. 